0: isn't Jesus amazing? (laughs) What a time of worship and I cannot wait to continue worshipping with you as we hear from his words. Um, I have just been overwhelmed by this series on Jesus saves, about who Jesus is and what he really does and I cannot wait to continue that this evening but I just want to reiterate what we've heard over the past few weeks and if you've missed any of them, please go catch up. You cannot hear enough about who Jesus is and what he has done for you. It is the most amazing thing. Um, Please catch up. And last week we spoke about healing and we got a word about that in worship again today. And I just want to really raise that with you of please keep praying. Jesus wants to heal you and you cannot pray enough times. Have the faith and tell us if he heals you. We want to hear those stories. Let us know. It builds our faith. Um, Before we move on to anything else, uh, I just want to pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you have done this evening. Thank you that we get to come and worship you. Thank you that you reveal more about yourself every day. Lord, will you open our ears and our hearts now to hear more about you, to deepen in our understanding of you and to grow in our love of you, Lord, and to grow in our boldness in living our life for you. Um, will you just speak for me now, Holy Spirit, will you just come and talk and reveal what we need to know in our lives? Amen. Amen brilliant. So this evening we are talking about how Jesus sends us. Um, For that we are continuing the theme of looking in Luke. Um, It's a very good book for this topic as Luke is one of the or the only Gentile author in the Bible, which means that the main emphasis of, one of the main emphasis of Luke is the fact that the gospel is for all. And Luke is actually linked to the book of Acts, which um, doesn't quite follow it. It comes after John. Um, but it's a continuation of the story of actually how Luke is the good news of who Jesus is and then Acts is people carrying that news and that's why it's a good place to look because actually Acts is people being sent and Luke is setting up that story in the gospel of Luke and that's why we're looking there about how Jesus is going to send us. So we're going to start, we are going to look at Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. Um, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, it should also hopefully come up on the screen behind me. Um, that would be lovely. And I will read it out for us. Um, I have forgot my other sheet of paper. That's all right. Um, one day, as the crowd was pressing in on him to listen to God's word, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats lying on the shore, but the fishermen had stepped out of them and were washing their nets. So Jesus got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and asked him to push out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and began to teach the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he told Simon, "'Push out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch.'" Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll lower the nets. After the men had done this, they caught so many fish that the nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats until the boats began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, "'Leave me, Lord, I am a sinful man.' "'Because Simon and all the people who were with him "'were amazed at the number of fish they had caught. "'And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons "'and Simon's partners. "'Then Jesus told Simon, "'Stop being afraid. "'From now on you will be catching people.' "'So when they brought the boats to the shore, "'they left everything and followed Jesus.' What a passage. I think on first sight, it can look, where do we get Jesus sends us from in that? (laughs) Well, I think the key is that last verse, well, penultimate verse of you will be catchers of people. And so tonight I wanna talk about how Jesus sends us to catch people. I'll be the main focus. I think Jesus sends us in many other ways, but that's where I'm gonna go this evening. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that there's a lot in this passage and in the amount of time I've got, I may not cover it all, even though I am a talker, uh, <laughs> but um, I'll do the best that I can. Um, I think one of the questions that can come from this topic and from this passage is, well, does Jesus really send me? Quite simply, the answer to that is yes. He sends all of us. Um, we see that from this passage i 've already said that they had to be catches of people, but it 's not that verse alone that shows us. actually, these fishermen were sent out back out into the lake by Jesus. So we 're not just sent in a theoretical way. there 's an action as well. But also, as i 've spoken about, Luke is full of stories of people being sent. In chapter 8, we hear a story of a man being um, having a demon cast out of him by Jesus. And at the end of that, Jesus turns around to him and says, go and tell people what I have done. He was sent to share his story of what Jesus had done for him, just as we are also sent to share that story. And that's continued in Luke chapter 9, where the apostles are sent to proclaim the news of God, in Jesus' name and to heal people just as Jesus has done. Um, So again, if we have the sentiment that we have, it's not just a sentiment, it's a truth that we've been looking at this whole series about how Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if Jesus sent these people and on multiple occasions we see him again and again sending people, we can know for sure that he does send us and that he sends every single one of us to preach the word of God and to spread Jesus' church. But I think the next question that can come from that, um, that actually people asked me as soon as I said I was talking on this topic, is where does Jesus send us? <laughs> that stumped me for a little bit too. <laughs> but then it became quite apparent. There's many places that Jesus sends us to and I just want to talk about a few of them. I think... First and foremost, where Jesus sends us is into new life with Him. This story is about a transformation that comes from Jesus Christ. It's a transformation that is not just true for those fishermen, but it is true for ourselves as well. You see, those people, those men, Simon in particular, he was a fisherman. But at the end, Jesus completely transforms his job description and tells him that instead of catching fish, he should catch people. Well, it's not a small change. In fact, that's a completely different goal. When you catch fish, I think, I imagine it's a bit monotonous. (laughs) I went fishing with my dad once. Um, I found it very boring. I was a bit young, so I didn't even really get to have a go. Um, but you'll find out how Christianized I was because I turned up to my dad and went, when's it my turn to baptize the worm? Well, <laughs> that's not what baptism is, Just going to put that out there. But I would not be thrilled by that. See, they're catching fish every day to send them to death, maybe as a food source for people, but those fish are going to die. Well, being a catcher of people actually is the total opposite in that they're being taught to catch people to bring them into life and life that is with Jesus. It is a completely different call. And I wanna say to you today, if you are a follower of Jesus, you too have a new job description that is to bring people into life and is to share what Jesus has done for you. And that is so exciting. I also want to say, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, you can experience that transformation. You can get that new goal in life. Maybe you feel like you're treading water. You're not going anywhere. Jesus can change that. Jesus can bring you into life and life to the full. That is what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. And Jesus wants to give you that life today. All you have to do is accept it and that is radical, and that is exciting, and I plead for you to take that today because it will be the best decision you will ever make in your life. But the fact that that transformation comes and that that is what we receive in Jesus is also why we are sent. I think we can say, why would we need to do that? Well, if you really believe that Jesus has changed your life, has given you the one true hope and is the one true God who has saved you, who has brought you into freedom and is giving you life to the full, why would you not share that? And that is also why Jesus wants you to share that because actually he wants everybody to have that. It's not just for some it is for all. And he has chosen to use you to bring everybody into his family. So please follow his call. When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of The Greatest Showman. I watched that last week. I'd been told I would like it by Luke, who hadn't even seen it. He knew it would be my kind of film. Because it is. I love a musical. I love some drama. Um, but if you haven't seen it, the story of The Greatest Showman is about the creation of the circus. Um, this is the cast. It's the, the weird and the wonderful. But actually, at the time the film is set, the theme is that they are outcasts, that they are rejected by society, that they have no place to belong, that they have no acceptance. And the film tells the story of P.T. Barnum, who actually is on a money-making scheme but dresses it up as an idea to give people a home where they don't already have one. And this is why I thought of it in this preach because actually it's all a bit of a facade. The circus is a facade The idea of Barnum is a facade. You see during the film, actually, he rejects those people just as much as society rejects those people. He doesn't want them to be seen. He stops them from going to a party. His real heart is revealed that actually he too is trying to overcome his prejudice against the people that society rejects. That is not the message that we are carrying when we speak the gospel of Jesus. See, he is the one person that has no prejudice, that actually genuinely accepts all and loves all. And we know that he does that because he created all. (laughs) He designed each one of those people so to him they are not a freak, they are not weird everyone is loved and accepted by Jesus. Everyone has a home in Jesus. Everyone is called to Jesus' family. And that is so glorious that again, why would you not share that? What a message of hope. What again, a radical message that is. Totally opposite to the society that rejects anyone that doesn't fit into their box. That is not what Jesus calls you into. That is not what he wants for the rest of the world. So as we have seen, if we are to be the catchers of the people, we need to actually go into the world. So that is where Jesus sends us. He sends us into the world. You know, a fisher person, If you want to catch something, you have to go out into the water. You're not going to do very well if you stay on the shore, are you? (laughs) Like, where are you going to put your nets down? (laughs) What are you going to catch there? That's not going to work. Staying in your church, staying in your close Christian community is wonderful. And I'll talk about why we're in community later on but actually it's not the full story. We have to go into the world if we are going to be able to catch people. So that is where Jesus sends us. Now what that looks like can be different for everyone. I think a lot of the time we can get caught up in what is my calling? Where does God want me to go? Well, people are cold and that's wonderful. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But we're also sent into what we do in the everyday. And that is just as important, just as key. In fact, you'll probably spend more time in your life in your everyday than you will in making a big decision about where you're going next. Those decisions do come up more frequently than you might like, (laughs) but I think the everyday is actually more prominent. Um, So a little question about that. please could you raise your hand if anyone has ever sent you to get milk? They've said, we've run out of milk, can you go get some? Yeah, see, actually, that's most of you. In fact, that might be a weekly occurrence, maybe even more frequent, depends on how much milk you get through. But it's not a big deal to get sent for milk. And actually, it is very important that we are sent by Jesus, but it doesn't need to be a big thing. Sending is a simple action that you will do every day. You'll send someone for something or that someone will ask you to do every day. Well, Jesus is sending you every day (laughs) just in that way. That can be in the work that you're going to with your colleagues. That can be in simply going to a party. That can be in the neighbours that you have, in conversations that you have with them. See, I think we can think sharing the news of Jesus needs to be us preaching the gospel. Well, God can be revealed in so many things that you do in your life. One act of kindness can show God's love for someone. One kind word of encouragement When someone is being downtrodden, can really reveal God's heart for them. Talking to someone that the rest of your workplace or friend group rejects can show God's acceptance. Small things in our day to day are also Jesus sending us to show his love. Do not discount those moments and seize the opportunities that you get. If you get this niggle of, oh, maybe I should go do that, don't second guess it. Go. If it's something that is good, act. What harm is there in that? You may get rejected. Well, that's okay. You're accepted by the creator of the world. You know, I think that's a great thing. Um, and actually, there's a, there's a book about evangelism by a woman called Rebecca manley Pippett, and she points out that one of the main things that holds us back is fear. And maybe it is the fear of rejection. Um, and I think she summed it up well in a quote of, whatever you fear the most is what you will serve. So what do you fear the most, a momentary rejection of a society that is fleeting, that will change its mind in a few years' time, and that will be gone in a few decades? Or do you fear the sovereign power of the ruler of the world, who is Lord of Lords, who created everything, and who sets you free, who brings you life? And which will you serve? That is the question. Um, so it can be small. It can be an everyday activity. And that is just as exciting as an, and as important. But it can also be that Jesus sends you in a moment where you make a big decision. Um, it might be you're changing jobs. And actually it becomes clear Jesus wants you to do a career that you weren't sure if you were really equipped to do. It might be he wants to send you to a specific place. Um, In those moments, please pray and try and hear from God and follow his word. Obedience is key to following Jesus. In this passage, we see that Immediately, as soon as they saw what Jesus had done, they left everything behind. All they did was take their boats to the shore and then they left everything behind and went. It might be when you're sent in this way, you need to leave some things behind. That's difficult. But Jesus is with you. And actually obedience to him means you can be assured that he will never leave or forsake you and that he will get you through those difficult times in following what he has to say. So today, maybe Jesus is wanting to send you somewhere new. Maybe he wants to speak to you about somewhere that he has planned for you to go and it might not be that that move is in an immediate time scale. Maybe you have to wait. That's okay. If Jesus has spoken, it will happen. So listen out for that. But it might also be that Jesus wants to remind you he's already sent you. This is where I'd like to tell you a bit of my story as actually this is what Jesus has been doing in my life recently. You see, when I was about 13 or 14, as crazy as I am now, uh, (laughs) my life changed quite a lot. And actually, this was a case of it not happening happening immediately, but my parents turned around to me. We were living in Keswick, in Cumbria, and they said, "Caris, we think we need to move to Scotland. God is calling us to Scotland. And my parents were real people of faith, so if God spoke, you went. Um, But they were also very loving and helpful parents, and they said, we do not want to do this just of our own accord. So please, could you pray? Because we'd like you to hear from God on whether we should move also. I'm not going to lie, as a 13-year-old, I was a bit like, okay, what does that look like? <laughs> how, how do I do that? But I did know God, so I was like, okay, I'll pray. One night, mum and dad were out, and I thought, oh, I should probably read my Bible. I'm told it's a good thing to do, um, but I didn't really know where I should start, so I just opened it up, and actually it fell on a passage in Deuteronomy that said, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, it's um, talking to the Israelites, it's in the Old Testament, um, Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. It then goes into details of what part of the land they should move to. And then it says, See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers. At this point, I got very excited. As a 13 year old, I was like, that could count. That might be it. So I stayed up really late until my parents got back. And as they walked in the door, they were just angry. (laughs) Why are you awake, Karis? Well, I think God has spoken to me like he wanted him to. Like you thought, you told me to look out for. And I think we should move. We got out the maps. We checked Keswick and the places that it talks about in the passage and all of the directions lined up where the new land that the Israelites were to go to in relation to where they were coming from was the same as where Scotland was in relation to where I was coming from in Keswick. That was confirmation to us that God wanted us to move to Scotland. And honestly, I left it at that. I thought that was the end of the story. When I was 16, we did move. So again, there can be a gap. Um, but yeah, so I did end up moving. Um... And I thought that was it. And I tell the story like that. God told me to move and I did, end of. Well, recently, some rather extreme circumstances were I happened to find myself in. Um, I'd been given a job to train as a history teacher. With a history degree, it's what you're meant to do, right? Um, And I was moving to the north of England to do it until I was told that my vocal cords were damaged with a very rare condition. That meant teaching was not a good career move for me. And I had to give up the job. (laughs) What was I going to do? Where was I going to go? It was really hard. And actually, a lot of fear came in of that is the career I have always thought I was going to go into. What do I do now that it's gone? Well... By the grace of God, he really does provide. And I started doing the internship at King's, which God spoke to me about at a conference. And then I got employed by King's, and I'm actually starting a new job tomorrow, which will take me up to full-time hours. See, the thing was, God wanted me to be in Scotland. Because actually, that wasn't the end of the story of 13-year-old me. I had forgotten about the verse that says, See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers. When I was 13, God did not just speak to me about moving to Scotland. He spoke to me about the fact that God wants to take Scotland back for himself. (laughs) That God wants revival in Scotland again. And what seemed to me as something getting in the way of my plans and my destiny was actually God interceding to keep me on track, to keep me in what he wanted me to do, to keep me in his plans of the fact that he wants me to be in Scotland because he has got a lot to do here. And maybe you're on that same journey with me. Maybe you've been sent to Scotland and you've forgotten (laughs) and you feel like again you're treading water even though you know Jesus and you know the love of Jesus you aren't really sure what's going on or why you're here well you're not here by mistake God would never let you be somewhere he doesn't want you to be or somewhere that he doesn't have a plan for you to be so maybe today you need reminded of the fact that God and Jesus have sent you here And that they want you to do a lot of things in this nation. To share who Jesus is and to see his revival come. And if that is you, how exciting. Let's go. And we can go because the other thing that Jesus sends us into is partnership with the Holy Spirit. Phil Moore talks about the fact that when the nets are beginning to break... And the boats are beginning to sink because there are too many fish. That is a sign of human limitations. We cannot do everything by ourselves. This world, this call of God is going to seem overwhelming. I can't bring revival to this country, I can't preach Jesus to my colleagues. You're right, you can't. But Jesus can. That is why this series is called Jesus Saves, not Karis Saves, (laughs) not you save. Jesus Saves, the Holy Spirit Saves. It is the Holy Spirit that if you don't know, Jesus will transform your heart to get to know him. It is the Holy Spirit that if you are crying out for someone to become saved, it is he that will save them. And it is the Holy Spirit that will give you the words, and the encouragement and the boldness to go out into the world. Do not try and do it alone. You will fail. But be assured of the fact that the Holy Spirit is always with you, always empowering you, and you will be catchers of people. That is what it says. Not you can try and be a catcher of people, Simon. You will be catchers of people. And when you get the Holy Spirit in, To do that, the limitations will be gone. The boat will no longer begin to sink. The nets will no longer break because the Holy Spirit can carry those people, can carry the fish. Um, But I also just want to point out in that that another boat is sent for and that is because Jesus also sends us into community. The Holy Spirit is the greatest help and is the one that will really empower you But also, you are to have Christian friends around you that is biblical. That is why, at the very early on in Acts, we see the church being created. Because actually, that news of Jesus being carried is done through community. You need the support of others. That means you can be honest when you are struggling. It's okay to find these things difficult but do not carry that in yourself because you will become burnt out and you will give up. Talk that through with someone. Realize that you're not alone in that struggle and encourage one another. We are told to do that in the Bible, in Thessalonians. We are told to build one another up. That also means you need to be an encourager. Do not think, oh, they're coming again. Here we go, what's the story this time? No. Be filled with the grace of the Lord. Filled with the love of the Lord and let's support each other in this mission that we are being sent into by Jesus. The last thing I would like to say is that this is something that we need boldness for. I talked about the boldness that the Holy Spirit can give you. You do need that. Because sometimes Jesus is going to send you into things that don't make sense. He's going to ask you to do something that you're like, why? Why would I do that? See, he turned around to Simon and said, put out your nets, go deeper in. That did not make sense. They had worked all night we are told they had already washed their nets. That meant it was the end. They were tidying up, putting their nets into the water again. They'd have to rewash them. They were creating more work for themselves, for something that seemed unlikely it was even going to work. It was where they had already tried. It was where they had already been, not just for a little bit, but for a really long time, all night. Yet Simon says, Yes. Jesus, if you tell me, then I will. I think that is a really big challenge to us. That actually, so often, I have said, No, I don't want to do that. But again, I think that comes down to what do you fear the most? Why don't you want to do that? Is that because you look silly? Maybe. Is it because you don't think it will actually achieve something? Maybe. Well, you're not alone in that. Simon also felt like that, but he knew that Jesus was faithful. He knew that Jesus was powerful. And this was before Jesus had even raised from the dead. I stand here today and I tell you that if you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus rose from the dead he can do that, he can give you people. (laughs) He can save people. So do not shy away from what you think Jesus is asking you to do because he will do something from it, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Rely on God's vision. Rely on Jesus's purpose and his ultimate wisdom. And have faith that he will do something great because that is what he promises to do. So I think there's a lot in what I have just said and I think there's different ways you might be reacting to that. One might be that you haven't given your life to Jesus. You don't know this new life. You don't know this transformation of calling. But you think, I need that. Jesus is calling me to that. He has revealed himself to me. Well, um, we can give you a chance to do that and come talk to us about that because that will be wonderful. Maybe it's that actually recently you've been thinking that Jesus might be trying to send you into something new. Well, let's pray about that. Let's pray that you'll hear from Jesus about what that is and what that looks like. And that he'll give you the faith and the courage to go for it. Or maybe like me, Jesus is reminding you of what he has already sent you into and wants to renew your faith for where you already are. Well, again, as I've said, all of these things can only be done by the Holy Spirit. So let's take some time to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Um, And we're just going to sing a song as well about um, being used for God's glory, because actually that's what this is. Being sent by Jesus and sharing his word is glorifying him and is being sent for his glory. And we do have to leave everything behind, our inhibitions, our things that um, we hold on to. So will you do that with me today? And will you take those steps of faith?